Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I mean, these guys hold all the time, so they're grabbing us around the waist, grabbing our backs, and, you know, officials, they don't want to call it every play, but until they start calling every play, they're not going to stop doing it. I mean, I think if you're running your feet and your hands in inside, just because the guy spins and flails his arm, it's not holding. He's just flopping. I mean, you can watch plenty of pass plays. I finally got a holding call out there in a pass route. I got hugged and tackled, and I think there were like three of those out there that don't get called. It's football. You know, refs throw flags. Refs don't throw flags. It's just the game. And if you're going to sit on the sideline and complain about holding the whole time, I tell you guys to make better plays. Uh-oh. George Kittle, Mike Zimmer. I still, I still would not bet against Mike Zimmer even in a fight with George Kittle. I think when it's time to throw down, Zimmer would be ready to go. We throw down our superlatives every Monday at or about this time. Mike, you are up. Yeah, I'm going to start with with Tua and Tua. What he's doing in Miami. Certainly, their season is is getting away from them. But they won their last four games and the last three have been starts by Tua coming back from injury. And for a guy, all everybody is trying to do is replace Tua, right? Deshaun Watson will will eventually get traded there. Who's going to be the quarterback for Miami? All Tua can go out and control what he can do. So the last three games, all wins. Yesterday was against Carolina. He's completed 80% of his passes in the last three starts, 220 yards a game. Now, three touchdowns, just one interception. It's not like he's lighting it up from the touchdown standpoint. But you get this, this guy just goes out, and, and all he can do is control his play. And when you're completing to the tune of 80%, 220 yards a game, I know that's not a ton, but, but it's, it's not turning the ball over. It's giving your team a chance with completions and moving the chains, and they've led to three wins in a row with him back at start. Like I said, they won four in a row. Jacoby Brissett started that game four ago. So two is doing what he can to try and say, hey, I, I want to be and I think I can be the quarterback of the future for this team. I don't know if he will be, but he's, he's been uh, throwing at a pretty nice clip completion-wise the last few games. And is it a coincidence that this all spun in the right direction after 
the window closed on the trade possibilities and the talk ended about Deshaun Watson to Miami. And uh, it could be once we got to the point where they no longer had to compartmentalize, they no longer had to talk to him about it. It wasn't because it was a thing. It was it was it was definitely a thing for Tua. And why would it not be? I've barely had a chance to show what I can do. And you're going to throw me overboard for Deshaun Watson. Well, now that that possibility has been sealed off, he's had a chance to go out and develop and play and perform and maybe make the Dolphins think twice about moving on from him. And that's all he can do. That's what I said he should do back in August, Mike. If you're upset about it, go do what Tom Brady would do. Get pissed off and go play better than Deshaun Watson and and make them realize that they shouldn't be thinking about anyone but you as their quarterback. So I agree with you completely on that one. First one for me. And I will call this the wait till your father gets home, a.k.a. daddy's going to kill Ralphie. Because even though, even though Kendrick Bourne had a spectacular touchdown pass in the back of the end zone, spectacular, corner of the end zone, somehow jammed a foot into the ground for his first score of the day. And then he had a great catch and run where I saw the next-gen stats say there was a 3% chance he was going to take that to the end zone. He went 41 yards. Supposedly, the yards after the catch, it was only going to be 7. He went 36. And I don't know how they figure all that out. But he did spin around to the edge, made a nice juke, walked the tightrope, and got in. The one moment, and, and I pointed this out on Twitter, and it's funny because, you know, you get some of the venom from the people who are upset about the taunting rule. Here's been my point about the taunting rule. If they're going to call it, they got to call it all the time. They got to call that. Did you see that? At the very end, if you're going to call it, you got to call it. And he did. He got away with one. A really sneaky, sly Tyree Kill throwing up the deuces at an opponent. That's exactly what they've told guys not to do. And I, I think it's great that they didn't call it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to get the guy in trouble with the league. My point is this. You know who saw that. And if he didn't see it then, he saw it after the fact. When Bill Belichick sees this, holy crapola, there's going to be hell to pay in New England. He, he's going to wish he'd gotten flagged because getting flagged was going to be a heck of a lot better than what he's going to get from Bill. Because we, we, we had come to the point, I think, in the last week or two, Mike, where we accept the fact that this is the way it is. These are the rules. You must follow them. Don't do that. We saw it with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No, you don't do that. You don't point at the opponent on the way to the end zone. You know it's going to be a flag. So my, my point in all this is, for all the praise Kendrick Bourne thinks he's going to get in the film room today, he better be ready to hear about what happens when you give up 15 yards of field position and you kick off from the 15 instead of the 30 or the 20 instead of the 35, wherever the hell they kick off now, the 20 instead of the 35, and what that can mean to a team and what that can do to a lead, you know he's going to hear that from Belichick today. I can just see Bill rolling the tape and freezing it right when the deuces go up and just freezing it and say, you got away with one, but let me tell you, if I guarantee you the refs are going to hear about it themselves for not calling that for consistency's sake. You cost us those 15 yards, there's going to be hell to pay, young man. So you're right. That does not miss the ire of or the eye of Bill Belichick. Completely agree. And the second point, and maybe more important, great Christmas Story reference. And for those of you who have not seen Christmas Story, make sure you watch it when it's on around Christmas. One of the great movies of all time. All right, my second superlative is, hey, one way to win it is control the ball. San Francisco, we, we counted them for dead a few weeks ago. They've won three in a row. Right now, they're in the sixth slot for the playoffs. And in those last three wins, 
They scored 95 points, and each game they had a season-best rushing. Three games ago, uh, it was 156 yards against the Rams, then 171 yards against Jacksonville, and 208 yards against Minnesota. So what an incredible job they've done in rushing the ball. And to go along with that, they've won time of possession starting the three games ago. Held it for over 39 minutes, then held it for over 38 minutes, and yesterday over 37 minutes. So you control it. And this is a team that went through the MASH unit as from the running back position, you know, where they got a rookie running, and then Debo Samuel starting to run the ball a little more, much like Cordell Patterson, wide receiver, and then doing some running back stuff as well. So kudos to that old line, uh, the running backs, all that's going on for the amount of points you're scoring, the amount of time you're holding on to the ball, and the amount of yards you're getting rushing the ball. Especially if you get into the playoffs and you got to go play in cold weather, that travels. Running the game, running the ball, time of possession, that travels from warm to cold, cold to warm wherever. So kudos to San Fran in that running game. Yeah, amazing how they've turned it around. The storm clouds were gathering for the 49ers a few weeks ago, starting with that Monday night against the Rams two weeks ago. Win, 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 and they are right back in the thickest things. Currently the sixth seed in the NFC. Last one for me, and congratulations to the New York Giants. The streak is over. Here's the streak I'm referring to. Back in 1994 on a Monday night, they retired the jersey of Lawrence Taylor at halftime. They lost that game. The next year... They retired the jersey of Phil Simms with Chris there and his flock of seagulls haircut. They lost that game. Earlier this year, they retired the jersey of Eli Manning at halftime of a game against the Falcons. They lost that game. Finally, they retire a jersey of one of their Super Bowl-era heroes, and they go on to win the game. Just barely. And it was exciting. And it could have gone the other way. But the Giants beat the Eagles and moved to 1-3. and three in games during which they retire the jersey of one of their Super Bowl heroes. Now, it'll probably be a while before they have another one of those moments to worry about. I think one in three is probably going to be locked in for the Giants for some years to come. And that's good news for John Mara, who actually, Mike, when he spoke to the crowd during the Manning ceremony, got booed. And he heard it. And he admitted it after Mm -hmm. the fact. So this time around, best way to avoid it, or at least minimize it, don't speak. He learned. Don't speak. Never went to the podium. And Michael Strahan mentioned ownership at one point, and that sparked some booze, but not like it would have been if Merrill would have gone to the podium. So smart move by him. Good news for the Giants. They finally get a win on a day that they that they honor one of their all-time greats. Yeah, listen, that was a, was a great moment, but you're right. You know, if losses are associated with, you know who knows that? Fans. So fans are like, okay, listen, I love honoring the guy, but this isn't doing us very much on the field. So Good move there, too, by not speaking for ownership. And you're right next. I don't know who's next. I don't know where they're going next. It's probably going to be a while uh, before that happens again, unless we're missing somebody who's going to be in that position soon. And I can't think of them off the top of my head. Saquon Barkley was supposed to be the one, but, you know, the nature of the position, we've talked about this before, you can't. You can't predict that injuries aren't going to happen to a running back, and they've happened a lot. So I think I think the next guy to have his jersey retired is not on the roster, clearly. May not be in college. May not be in high school. May not be born. I don't know. We'll just have to, 
wait and see how that plays out. Let's take a break. When we return, I'll look at a guy who may still be playing the next time that the Giants retired the jersey of a Super Bowl hero. That's Tom Brady. What did he do in his return to the site of one of his Super Bowl losses against one of his old nemeses, the Colts? We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. I don't I don't care. You know, you've got 30 other ones. You ain't gonna play without a tooth. I mean, that, that ain't nothing. <laughs> Easy for you to say, coach. You have all or most of your teeth. And here's what happened to Vita Vea. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often in football. It's it's definitely a hockey thing. I remember the first time I saw pictures of hockey players, I was mortified. But up goes the his own helmet, and he took a helmet right into the chopper, and uh, there went the tooth. And yes, there are 30 others or 31 others or however many others, but... Uh, Hey, you go to the dentist, you get it fixed. Nobody knows the difference. No big deal, but uh, painful and dangerous. And uh, got to keep that helmet in place at all times, Mike. There's 32 teeth. I mean, how do we not know this? I mean, he has 31 others. Now, unless he lost a tooth, there's 32 teeth. I mean, up, don't up, we all, up, isn't this something up, we all up, know? Up, Obviously, up. Wait, to know wait. Mike, I take it. You Wait, I... I only ever had 31. For some reason, one of my teeth was never there. One of my wisdom teeth was never there. It's just not there. So I only ever had 31. So maybe well, he's, maybe maybe Vita Vey has had a dental x-ray that we don't know about and Bruce Arians has looked at it. You get into all the time where it got knocked out and you just don't remember uh, with a fall or slamming something on your head or something like that. And, and as far as you... As you're saying, you're surprised it doesn't happen more. I, I didn't wear a mouthpiece, which is pretty dumb, because really the mouthpiece, quite honestly, is supposed to help against concussion, not so much protect your teeth. But rarely do you see, I mean, the timing of that, where his face mask got jacked up, so now his jaw was exposed, and immediately a helmet hit said jaw. So, and you see the tooth come flying out. So, that's a bad timing award for that one, because rarely does that happen. If you see a helmet get jacked up like that, Normally, or a lot of times, it doesn't get hit immediately. Uh, it's usually a hand away, uh, and you have a little bit of distance between the linemen. This time, the lineman was right up on him with us, with, and it wasn't done intentionally. It's a bang-bang play. And next thing you know, you're spitting chiclets and, and kind of laughing about it. It's what happens. Um, you know. But uh, uh, like I said, I, I don't know. I see a lot more guys wearing mouthpieces. When I played, not a lot of guys did wear mouthpieces. I was like, it was like a mental thing. I felt I could breathe better if I didn't have a mouthpiece because I was forced to wear one in college. But uh, I never lost a tooth like that. Only got punched in the jaw one time. Never hit in the jaw, but the punch uh, hurt hurt a lot. Not gonna lie, I kind of exploded my lip and I bled everywhere. But uh, that that he had to feel that one, no doubt about it. Who punched you? Uh, Kevin Gogan. Uh, and listen, I, I get it. You know, he was with Dallas. I was with Philly. We were kind of fighting on the field. We had each other's face masks trying to jack each other up. And he's a taller guy, and he jacked mine up. And, and it was like a nice little listen. The rest didn't even see it. It was like a good six-inch punch like in Mike Tyson. And he caught me right in, the, right in the jaw, right? And I didn't realize what happened. And it was like on a third down play. We were all messing around before they had to punt. So I'm running. I took my helmet off because it got jacked up. And I'm running off the field. And I see the trainer running on the field. And I'm like, oh, 
I'm looking back that someone get hurt and he's running right at me. And he stops in front of me. I'm like, what the hell? Well, nothing wrong with me. And he goes, do you see her face? I'm like, no. And I guess when he punched me, I bit my lip and there was a chunk out of my lip and blood kind of sprayed up into my face and was all in my face mask. And, and I didn't even know it. I had no idea I had blood on my face. And I go over there and, you know, I had that really bad lip. It's one of those where you try and eat salad with that salad dressing and it burns. Luckily, I never ate salad. Um, but it was, a, I give it to him. I give it to him. Listen, we were going at it and he got me with a good six inch punch. So kudos to him for it. Uh, but we're going to have to try to find video of the Mike Golick with blood all over his face, like Carrie or something like that. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> Vita Vea, he'll get his tooth fixed. And the, the Buccaneers seem fixed. And, and, Mike, early in the game yesterday, it felt like this was going to be another case of the 2021 Buccaneers go on the road and they're a different team than they are at home. And they, they were struggling. And it, it took a while to get going. And they were behind. And, you know, it felt like the Colts were really going to steal one and establish themselves as a true shortlist contender in the AFC. And they kind of already, not shortlist contender, but they had showed their team that needs to be taken seriously because they've got the formula to play outdoors in the postseason. Uh, surprising, ultimately, to see the Buccaneers do what they did, but not surprising because this is what we expect from them, home or away, week in and week out. Can I ask, though, what the hell the Colts were doing? How does John? Last I checked, isn't Jonathan Taylor running the ball really well? How, how how in a game where you have the lead at halftime? So this is never one of those games where you were throwing to get back in it until you needed to later in the game. How does he have eight carries only in the first half, sixteen carries total in this game, and you throw the ball what forty four times? How does that happen in a game that you don't have to throw yourself back into? This guy is the leading rusher in the league. We just talked about he's an MVP candidate, and he carries it 16 times in a game where the game plan can still call for that. Listen, I know Tampa Bay is great against the run, but you have a great offensive line and a running back. Man, challenge that. 16 runs? I was stunned at that. Stunned. Um, But, you know, and, and listen, they still, because of a big kickoff return, they had a chance at the end of the game. But you had to see this one coming, too. They score a touchdown and tie it up at 31. There's 329, I think, left on the clock, and Tom Brady's getting the ball. That's somewhat laughable. Like You know you're going to have to come back because Tom Brady's going to take that team down and score. And, you know, even though the Buccaneers have the reputation, well-earned, of having a great run defense, they're not facing Jonathan Taylor every week. Maybe if you had a bunch of Jonathan Taylors on your schedule – your run defense wouldn't be so great. And I agree with you. Why not when you've got the guy who's the hottest and most accomplished running back in the NFL who's healthy right now in Jonathan Taylor, why not test them? This is one of those situations where I think a team kind of outsmarts itself. Well, we can't run it against them. Well, why not? Let's try it. Let's see what happens. So I agree with you. Bruce Arians doesn't, though. Here's Bruce Arians after the game addressing why teams would be wise to not test the Tampa Bay run defense. Nobody runs the ball in us, you know. I don't care who, who the hell you are. I mean, you're going to end up throwing it because if you're going to run it all day, you're not going to get much. And they did that last drive. You know, we were a little bit playing pass defense, and, and they ran it on us. But uh, um, I'll take our run defense versus anybody's run offense anytime. 
But yeah, you, you've got you've just you've got to test it. I agree with you, Mike. And and at halftime, you've got the lead. I mean, it, it, why haven't you run it more? Why don't you run it more? And sometimes I think teams can outsmart themselves. Oh, uh, listen, and, and listen, I expect Bruce Arians to say that. I mean, that you can't run us. Why would he say anything different? But why wouldn't Frank Reich get up there and say, we think we can run the ball on anybody? You know, I mean, he should have had 25 carries in this game. I, I, I don't understand that at all. And you know what? Yeah, not all. that's what happens when you have one of the best against the, one of the best from a run standpoint and a run defense standpoint. You're not going to get a lot of yards sometimes, but you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, and you never know when a guy like that's going to break one or he's going to increase his yards per carry. You just don't know. You sure as hell aren't going to know when you only give him the ball 16 times because you're not giving him a chance to do it. So I, I was really, really surprised at that move. Leonard Fournette ended up having the Jonathan Taylor day yesterday. Not five touchdowns, but four. 100 yards rushing on 17 attempts, three rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown on seven catches for 31 yards. And also he had a message to the team at halftime when the Buccaneers were losing that apparently helped propel them to the victory. Let's hear Fournette talking about the message he had during intermission. This came at halftime. You know, I had a speech for the team. I'm like, man, you have to – have a will and a want. You know, you have the willing to risk everything. Play by play, you have to want to win, want to fight each and every play. And I think they understood that message and came out and played their lights out. You can tell the mood, you know what I mean? People, any energy was down. And it's not like we out there getting our ass whooped. You know, it's just the little things that's separating us to win the game from them. So just try to boost everybody, you know, coming out and thank God it worked. Hey. What a year it's been, calendar year for Leonard Fournette, because it was late November last year when he was pouting and he was moping and he was unhappy with his role, and Bruce Arians went to him and said, look, you take a half hour and you decide whether or not you want to be on this team and you come and let me know, and if you don't want to be on this team, we'll release you. And he decided to stick around, and he ended up having a huge day yesterday. You know, on a day when Tom Brady just wasn't as sharp as what we're used to seeing, Mike, you need to go somewhere else. And Fournette stepped up and got it done. Well, he did. You know, we, we, we've talked about that complimentary football. You know, like when Baltimore's offense wasn't clicking and had the turnovers Lamar had, it was the defense that stepped up. That, that's what you need. And here's a guy, man, when he came out of LSU, remember how much we talked about him at 1,000 yards his first year in Jacksonville, missed some time his second year, had at over 1,000, 1,100 yards his next year, started, you know, was catch, would catch the ball out of the backfield as well, and just a big guy that could run people over until we got to the Derrick Henry big guy that could run people over. And, you know, it, it's, I'm glad, you know, and, and, and it's not shocking Bruce Arians would say something like that because that guy is a straight shooter. And luckily for that team, Leonard Fournette decided to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, fly right and do what I need to for this team to the point then of giving that talk at halftime and have the will and the want you know, to get out, that, get out there and get the job done because you know, he, he played that battering ram role yesterday. Not a ton of carries, just 17 of them, but when you could find the end zone four times and have, what, I think seven catches as well, that's a, that double threat, that, that big dude like that catching the ball out of the backfield in the open field. Got to be a scary sight for DBs. I remember when he was a freshman at LSU and he exploded onto the scene and the hype that was thrown upon him, it was almost unfair. It was too much for a kid who was, wasn't even 20 yet. Yeah. And, and he's had up and down moments, and you could say more down than up in the NFL, but it doesn't get much better than it was yesterday for Fournette. And if he can come on down the stretch, 
that could be a big difference maker for the Buccaneers. Let's take a break. When we return, the Panthers and Cam Newton renewed their vows not long ago, but the second honeymoon is not going well currently for Cam Newton in Carolina. Where do the Panthers go from here after an ugly showing in Miami? We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Put PJ in in the fourth quarter because he knows the two minute and the rally uh, stuff. Um, obviously better than Cam because of his experience, um, but uh, just a just a poor day all around. So uh, did not we didn't we I think we as a team came in ha- having a great week, feeling like we were going to be very confident and locked in, and um, uh, they overwhelmed us at times. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not making any changes or anything like that right now. I just yeah. But at the end of the day, there was you know we weren't protecting the quarterback worthwhile at all. Um, didn't seem fair to keep Cam in there. You know, keep getting hit, uh, PJ. Give him a chance to play, and at the same time, you know, Cam just hasn't had a lot of experience in some of those that part of the game that we, uh, unfortunately, we were in. Yeah, you know, I would take this time to to really dive into, you know, the whole offense. I think today it really got exposed because of the situation, and you know, not having a full grasp. But you know, it's it, it's not it's not nobody to blame more so than than just the situation that that I came into. I'm not quite sure how Cam Newton was trying to make a point there. I mean, look, bottom line is some days you're going to get your butt kicked. And the hype train was real. Even after a loss last week at home, the hype train got stronger and stronger. And a lot of people bought into it. And Cam Newton had looked good. And there had been an excitement level. And they're selling a bunch of tickets in Carolina. Well, that may change after yesterday. Five for 21. 92 yards, two picks. A passer rating of five. Point eight, not 58, 5.8. He also had three carries for five yards, and he did have a touchdown. But the, the, the Panthers were just overwhelmed start to finish by a Dolphins team that, uh, you know, you, you praised them earlier, Mike. They've, they've found their way to three straight wins, but th- th- this is not one of the best teams in the NFL that did this to the Panthers, which makes what the Panthers did to the Cardinals a few weeks ago even more confounding. So... You know, 
now Cam hasn't been there long. I, I get that. So I understand that. And as I said a couple of weeks ago when we did, had the whole line back and everybody was excited, I was excited when he was going to start, when he was first back, didn't start that game, but had the rushing touchdown and the whole line back thing. I was excited for it. But then we had to again realize this was a guy that got beat out by a rookie in New England. Now, if you want to throw in that week he missed, did it have something to do with the COVID situation? Possibly. But still, there was enough confidence in Mac Jones. It's been proven out. It said he was going to play. So you're with a team for just a few weeks. I get if you don't have everything digested. But, and you correct me if I'm wrong, did I just hear in that, in that soundbite it, something to the effect of it's time to get into the rest of that playbook or more into the playbook? And if, in fact, that's what he said, what have you been doing? I mean, I know you've only been there three weeks, but, I mean, you know you're on a new, uh, a new team that was your old team, but it's a different offense, to dive in and kind of digest all you can. Weren't we talking about this last week? A lot of people thought they were going to take him out of the game in a two-minute scenario, but they left him in. You know, now they take him out because P.J. knows it better. And Cam says, well, time to get into the I, – I, now, again, I, I want to make sure I heard that right because that, that's what got me. There's one thing that being there a few weeks and it not clicking yet physically on the field, but it almost shouldn't be to the fault of that you weren't, I mean, almost 24-7 because you, you're going to be the starting quarterback. you got to know this offense to dive into everything right from the start especially when you had an extended period of time where the phone wasn't ringing, your football career was passing before your eyes, not in fast motion, but in slow motion as you're waiting and waiting and waiting for your opportunity. You finally get your opportunity again. You, you would think that a guy would be all in. And, and I said this after the game against the Cardinals, the challenge is not just teaching Cam Newton the Joe Brady offense. It's having Joe Brady incorporate the Cam Newton offense and, and focus on aspects of the broader playbook that will work. And this idea that when it gets down to the two-minute drill, P.J. Walker is better suited. I'd still take Cam Newton in those situations. I I just – hey, bottom line, Mike, Sam Darnold wasn't who they thought he was going to be. They're going to look for their next potential franchise quarterback after the season. We know that that's David Tepper's mindset, the owner of the team. But in the interim, you bring back a guy who creates excitement. You bring back a guy who sells tickets. You bring back a guy who entertains. Ultimately, this is an entertainment product. That's what it is. So you want people to be excited and engaged and spending, spending, spending into December when, you know, teams otherwise fall off the map and and fans don't care anymore. They're going to care about the Panthers. Even after yesterday's loss, they're going to care about the Panthers into December. People are going to be showing up and spending their money and spending their time and spending their attention on the Panthers, but if it continues like it did yesterday, they're gonna they're gonna find something else by the middle of December to pay attention to. Oh, listen, I agree, and and I'm right there in line of waiting to see what Cam was going to do. And I don't think my expectation, and I don't know who how many had it of he's gonna come back and just light it up from start number one, but you wanted to potentially maybe see that build of him doing because he's just such a spectacular athlete. And it's like, can he recreate that? I know he had the shoulder and he had the ankle and the foot and had those and, and he's in his thirties, but can he stay healthy? Can we relive some of that? Unfortunately, this was, this was some of the bad, you know, now, now what do we get next week? Again, 
Can we get consistency out of Cam? Or is it going to be one good, one bad? But you're going to see flashes every now and then that keep you coming back because of the type of player that he is. But, I mean, at the end of the day, there's got to be wins attached to it as well. Uh, because it's not just the Cam Newton show. It's Cam Newton as part of the Carolina Panthers. And listen, Christian McCaffrey only had, what, 35 rushing yards in this one. Um, didn't have a lot, of, uh, n- nothing big out of the backfield as well. And, and, and as I said, when he went out, and I did the game when he went out and got hurt earlier in the season uh, against Houston, this offense is completely different. I don't care who the quarterback is if you don't have that guy getting it done at the running back position. So he can get doing his thing, and Cam, boy, those two can get some kind of connection. It could be some hope for this offense, but it's got to get attached to wins, or like you said, people are going to lose interest. McCaffrey was spotted in a walking boot after the game, so that's an injury that we clearly will monitor as the Panthers go into there by Dalvin Cook, the Vikings running back. He took a hit yesterday Mm. uh, in the backfield, and I didn't know what the injury was. I thought it was multiple. I saw his leg get all twisted around. He has a shoulder injury. They're going to do an MRI to see what the damage is, but officially it's a shoulder but it looked worse than that. It looked like his leg, like ankle or knee, or see how it twists around, but it's the shoulder that's the problem. We'll see how much time he misses. Alexander Madison is a very capable backup, but he's still not Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is the only Dalvin Cook the Vikings have. So, uh, you know, Mike, as the, as the Vikings continue on this purple purgatory path to 9-8, and eight, and that's kind of what it is. They got the Lions. They got the Steelers on Thursday night. They got the Bears in Chicago. They could go on a little run here with or without Dalvin Cook, but it, it, just, it's, it feels destined to be somewhere in that range of 8-9 and nine to 10-7, and wow. seven, maybe the seventh seed, go on the road to face the Cardinals or the Packers some, or the Buccaneers right out of the gates, and then, you know, and then after that game they'll be saying, well, we'll get them next year. Yeah, so first with the Dalvin Cook, I, I knew it was either shoulder or I thought maybe Peck right away. I've I've gotten good at kind of seeing guys what they grab and having enough shoulder injuries as well. As soon as he hit the ground, his right hand reached over uh, right on kind of under his left armpit, right kind of by either the pec area or the shoulder area. So at that point, I, I kind of knew it was an upper body. And, and, then, and then going to Minnesota, I mean, you're right. They could go on a run. They could not. Anybody that, that would want to, you know, messing around, risk some money, hard-earned money, would you bet they go on a run? Would you be willing to put your money that they go on a run? Listen, we see the talent they have on the offensive side of the ball. I get it. And certainly with Dalvin being out, that hurts. But are you betting that they go on a run? I mean, they just it's that middling thing or just good enough to get in the playoffs or just bad enough to be right outside the playoffs. It's kind of what they've been and who, and who they've been. Interesting to see what kind of changes are going to be made if the Vikings don't make it to the playoffs or if they do make it and they get blown out in the wild card round. Let's take a break. When we return, Sunday statement. And also we're going to throw in Thursday since we had three games on Thanksgiving. Week 12 statement draft when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, man. Not a lot to say. Um, tip our caps to those guys. They... They played today and won and did the things that was required in a big game like this, and we didn't, to be quite honest with you. Um, We didn't play nearly well enough in in any of the phases, and significantly I thought that we got beat up front on both sides of the ball, and 
they won the line of scrimmage. And when you win the line of scrimmage, the game has a chance to, to look like that. So we got a lot of work in front of us. Uh, we make no excuses, man. We seek no comfort. It is what it is, man. We stunk it up today. It's AFC North football. We have to we have to continue to turn the page no matter how good or how bad we play. And um, we have to learn from the film that we put out there today and um, just continue to work, 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 and know that we can't keep playing like this. It's, it's absolutely embarrassing. Sometimes you make the statement. Sometimes you are the statement that was made. That was the Steelers on Sunday, 41-10 loss against the Bengals. It's Sunday statement draft with Thursday included. All of Week 12 played to date. Mike, you're up first. Biggest statements you've seen get made. Well, biggest statement, I think, by the Raiders saying, see, we can have this offense that we had in the beginning of the year. They go to Dallas on Thanksgiving while I was laying on the couch with my pants unbuckled because my stomach was so full of turkey watching what the Raiders were doing in this game, putting up 500. We just started talking about this Dallas offense and this Dallas defense of what they were doing. Raiders put up 509 yards of total offense. Uh, Carr put up 373 passing yards as the Raiders get the win on Thanksgiving. They're just on the outside looking in to the playoffs, I believe, at this point right now. But if that offense, this is what they were doing early in the year, especially passing so much when the running game wasn't going, they got that offense clicking on Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, 38.5 million average viewers for that, the biggest audience for a regular season game since 1990, Giants 49ers when they were both 10-1. and But you get two compelling teams, a high-scoring game, and uh, a lot of people tuned in and saw a lot of penalty flags get thrown. I'll start with Leonard Fournette. I, I, we talked about him earlier, but it's, it, it merits mentioning him again. A four-touchdown performance, plus what he did at halftime to light the fire. It can't always be Tom Brady, who's the one to, to pull the court on the lawnmower to get things going on a day when the energy's down. You need a variety of leaders who can make it happen. So Leonard Fournette made it happen on the field, made it happen off the field, and the Buccaneers get a win that felt like it should have been a loss as they continue to try to make sure they don't have to go on the road, Mike, during the postseason. Love seeing that big man carry the ball, no doubt about it, and drop that shoulder. Uh, my second in the draft is going to be uh, the draft of the top rookie wide receiver as far as receptions are concerned. It's Jalen Waddle from the Miami Dolphins. 77 receptions. He's fifth in the league right now. Not, not amongst rookies. He's fifth in the league right now. Cooper Cup leaves it with 92. Waddle has 70 Seven receptions, four touchdowns, but playing on a team that's not going to the playoffs in the Miami Dolphins. I, and we've mentioned, obviously, some of the young wide receivers. We mentioned Jamar Chase a lot, but even second and third year receivers. This league is in great position with young receivers. Jalen Waddle probably doesn't get enough recognition because he's on a team that's not going anywhere this year. Don't write them off yet, though. They, they got a couple more games they can win before they have to go on the road again. They have a bye coming up. They could be 7-7 seven and seven going into the last three. Now, even then, that may not be enough to get there. But they, but they at least still have a pulse, and uh, they've played well for the past few weeks. All right, uh, second one for me, and, and this is a game we have mentioned not at all for good reason. It was the Falcons and it was the Jaguars. But Cordero Patterson continues to find a way to thrive – Beyond the position he was drafted to play in the NFL eight years ago, disappointing receiver in Minnesota, became a special teamer, became a jack-of-all-trades. He had 108 rushing yards yesterday and two touchdowns. 
for the Falcons, despite he's technically a running back, but we know he's a receiver. He had 27 receiving yards on top of a great performance. He's the reason why the Falcons won yesterday, and he's the reason why they still have a chance to string some wins together and get to the playoffs before it's all said and done this season for the NFC. Let's go ahead and take a break. We will do round three of the Sunday Statement Draft and Thursday Statement Draft when PFT Live continues right after this. I'm drafting this Denver Bronco defense. Now, they've won three of their last four games, again, right on the outside looking in in the AFC playoffs. But in three of those wins in the last four games against Washington, Dallas, and the Chargers, they've given up 39 total points. My, my math says that's just 13 points a game. They have 10 sacks and five interceptions. So this defense is definitely keeping this team in games and giving their offense a chance. And when you can step up and play good defense, you're going to give yourself a chance in every game. As I said, the outside looking in, if you can get into the playoffs somehow, some way, and have a tough defense, uh, you know they always can keep that offense around a little bit. But they have stepped it up in those three wins in the last four games. So kudos to that Denver defense. Yeah, and what about the Chargers? My goodness, they are Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they have the potential to win every single game, but it's win one, it's lose one, it's look good one week, it's look horrible the next week. But uh, kudos to the Broncos on the right side of 500 this late in the season for the first time since the year that they won the Super Bowl in 2015. Last one for me, we talked about the Bengals earlier and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and we mentioned Joe Mixon, but i got to give Joe Mixon some props here. 165 yards rushing yesterday on 28 carries and a pair of touchdowns. Last week against the Raiders, he had 123 and two touchdowns. So if my math is correct, and it rarely is, that's 228 rushing yards, 288. See, had to double check. 288 rushing yards and four touchdowns over <laughs> the last two games. As the, as the Bengals have pivoted toward this, let's take what's there. And one of the things that's there, Mike, is the running game and Mixon, a late-season star emerging. I love, love watching what he's doing. And as I said, we know the passing game, but playoffs, 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 run the ball. And if you can count on a guy like Mixon to run it or catch the short passes out of the backfield, that is a huge plus. All right, happy 33rd birthday, Russell Wilson. He plays tonight. The last time he played on his birthday, he had five touchdown passes and a 39-30 win over the Steelers in 2015. We'll see if they can get a much-needed win, Mike, tonight. Do you think the Seahawks get to 4-7, and seven, or do you think Washington holds them off? I think, I think the Washington football team holds them off and gets the win and spoils the birthday. That's it for today. Have a great day. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 